Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up? Welcome in to a week 16 edition of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. That is right. It is championship week. Okada, I am fired up. How are you on this lovely Wednesday evening? I am doing great. I have had a nice productive day off. Uh, and I am going to be going to the NFL Christmas party after this. So it is all around an excellent Wednesday. That sounds like a fantastic Wednesday. I also see uh, that you got your haircut recently. I did. That was this morning. One of the productive things I did. As did I. So Hello, are, look at that. We are back. We are looking good. Uh, we are ready to go for week 16. Um, it's here, man. It is crunch time. Playoffs are officially coming to a close. For fantasy, of course, it's you know championship week for most leagues if you have your championship in week 16. Um, and man, I'm super excited. We have a lot to talk about on this show. We are going to do every single game on the slate tonight. You're going to record probably for two hours, but only half of them will be available in the live stream and then, of course, on your podcast app. The second half are going to be available on your Patreon uh, page. If you are a subscriber on patreon.com slash Pod, you will get access to that second episode, guaranteed to be a lot of fun and guaranteed to bring fantasy football goodness into your ear holes. And also, side note, if you are not on Patreon, uh, first off, shame on you, second off, you can actually add the custom RSS feed to your podcast app, so it will, it will show up there automatically. You don't have to watch it or listen to it on the uh, website, on your phone, or on the computer. So more convenient for you. If you have questions about that, feel free to DM me at the Fantasy PT Okada. Where can the people find you? Uh, that would be at Matt Okada. Quite simple. Beautiful name uh, on the handle. Also, <laughs> check out this mug. Oh. Dude, got a little red shirt smug here. Um, surprise. I, I understand your sister uh, got you some gear as well. She did. I have the shirt I just washed, actually. And the mug, I would also flash my mug, but I took it to work so that it could be on my desk. So people Love can that. see it willy-nilly because, you know, you got to rep the brand. Yeah, um, that's perfect for marketing. So keep it up. Um, but yes. that was awesome of your sister to reach out to us and and to me specifically and ask for the logos that we have to get you some custom gear for christmas so hopefully you enjoy that she also hooked me up with a mug so uh she is awesome and you can tell her i said that big facts okay man it's time are you ready to get into these game previews ah yes let's do it all right but before we do i'm sorry i got i gotta do one more thing Betts' big question, the last one of the regular season Ooh. here. We are going to talk about one hot topic, I feel like, that comes around this time of year. It is week 16. It's the championship. Do you go with the normal start your studs approach, or do you play matchups like you would other parts of the year? You hear people, other analysts, always saying, you know, it's week 16. You got here. You know, play the guy that got you there. Um, you know, stick with your stud, what have you. What is your approach to that scenario? That is a very good question, Bet. So uh, it is not shocking that you have brought it up because obviously all the Bets' big questions are so excellent. Um, I actually have a pretty defined answer to this. So that's also helpful, you know, that I'm not completely incompetent. 
Uh, <laughs> and it is this. The start your studs philosophy, the, one of the main reasons that that's good for most of the, especially early, earlier part of the regular season, but most of the fantasy season, is that for a long time, we don't really know what to expect from both matchups and from individual players. We don't know who's the widest receiver two on a team yet. We don't know... Uh, how this defense is going to look after all the changes that it made. We don't know what the corners are doing for those defenses. Do they follow these guys? Uh, is the run game that looks so good in weeks two, one, two, and three so good because those defenses are bad or because that run game is really good? There's all these different things that we aren't quite as sure on earlier in the year, and the later we get into the year, the more confident we can be in those things. All that to say, I feel like we know better now what the right matchups are to target, who the players are to target, and what we can expect from them. And so it's a little bit easier to quote-unquote play the matchups versus just starting your studs because it's something easier to rely on. And so for that reason, I actually think that this time of year is a better time of year to be willing to get a little bit I won't say like risky or stupid, but just get a little bit um, creative and edgy yep. with your starts. I don't, this one just came to mind. Do you remember Tim Hightower a few years ago? Yes, I do. He won me a on the dynasty Saints. title. He won fantastic. tons of people fantasy titles. He was a complete non-factor for almost the entire of the year. I actually just yes. pulled up his game logs to look. He had... Five fantasy points from weeks one through 12. And then in the oh, last God. four weeks, he had, uh, depending on the scoring format, 16, 10, 30, and 19 in the last uh, four games of the year. Because yeah. he became the number one back for the Saints. The defenses they were facing were bad. And that is, I would rather have that every week than rely on... I don't know, your RB14 on the season who is going up against harder matchups or maybe has had a guy come back from injury and things like that. So long-winded, sorry to take a path to show, but I did As have a defined usual. answer for it. So, you know. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I mean, I'm with you, man. It's it's the time of year where I think just taking the approach of starting your stud, depending on who it is. You know, like Michael Thomas could have the hardest matchup in the world and True. be double-covered the entire time. Um, by Jalen Ramsey and, I don't know, Tredavious White, and I would still start him. But there's other players that I would not do the same. So I don't think that's the right approach. I think you have to kind of blend the two and certainly evaluate the matchup. And the second part of this question is, Okada, if there is one stud that you think might disappoint us this week, does Ooh. any name come to mind? Because I've got a really good one. Ooh. How studly do they have to be, I wonder? Uh Top 24 in your ranks almost every week. I'm going to be sitting John Brown this week like uh, against the Patriots. That feels like a pretty chalky one, um, but he's been great and reliable all year, and I do not want to start him against the Patriots. So that's probably my first thought. Who's your guy? Yeah. Julian Edelman. I'm oh, same not game. starting him this week. Same game, man. Uh, I put this out on my Twitter last night, a picture of what's going on with Edelman's knee. He's banged up. He's injured. He's clearly not 100%. You watched the game from last week. He did not look right. That left knee is really bothering him. He's got that patellar tendonitis, uh, and it's irritating. You know, when players try to play through this kind of thing, it's it's not going to just get better if he keeps going. So it's only going to get, get worse as the season goes on. You know, fortunately, this is the end of our fantasy football year, but we're talking playoffs for the Patriots. It would be smart of them to, to hold him out 
for a couple of weeks, get him ready for the playoffs because it's only going to get worse. But man, the dude is tough as, as nails. He's going to play. But you look at his snap counts from the last you know, five, six weeks compared to last week, it's drastically down. His targets are drastically down. His output last week was non-existent. And the first time these teams met, he went four for 30 in the matchup, and that was without this knee ailment. So yeah, man, it's tough. Uh, it's Julian Edelman. He's been ranked as a top 10 option for us all season. I am not going to be having him in my lineups this week. Okay, man, let's move on real quick. We got one piece of news to talk about, and then we're going to get into these game previews. Go ahead and hit that drop. Bow. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, news. Hey, news. 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 All right, Okada, this one is tough to talk about. Again, it seems like we do this every year, but unfortunately, Josh Gordon has been suspended indefinitely for violating the league's performance-enhancing uh, and substance abuse uh, rules and regulations. So, man, it's, it's just sad. Like, I, I don't know what there is to say about it from a fantasy perspective. He really wasn't fantasy relevant at this point in the year with the, the Seahawks, you know, operating as the team's third or fourth receiver there. But, dude, man, like, just get right, man. Get healthy. Get yourself on track. At this point, it's bigger than football. It's not really even about that anymore. But that is something that we need to talk about because there is a little bit of a, a fallout from fantasy. Of course, that means... A few more targets per game opened up for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Let's break it down. You know, he wasn't doing a ton anyway for the Seahawks, but obviously this is a little bit of a bump for these guys. Who do you think it benefits the most in this wide receiver core? Um, I don't think it really benefits one or the other too much over the other. I do think it does help both a little bit. If you made me pick one, I'd probably say Metcalf. Um, just because they're a little bit more decaf similar. Decaf, Metcalf, of, or full calf? Yes, decaf, Metcalf. Decaf. <laughs> um, they're a little more similar. It, it's really interesting. They had these three guys who were all downfield threats, and then kind of Jacob Hollister, I feel like, has been filling up the short routes. Um, and they they are generally a pass-deep team anyways, a run and then pass-deep. Yep. Um, so, I don't. yeah, it, it's a little bit okay for DK Metcalf. It's really sad for Josh Gordon. I will say bets because you know, and a lot of listeners know, I've been one of the staunchest Josh Gordon defenders for a couple years now. Oh yes, I am officially out. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It is. It's there's nothing left here to hold on to. So if you have him in dynasty, I don't think it's even worth a stash anymore. I hope he gets his life together, and whether or not he plays football, does something successful with his life. But for fantasy, it's that's not a. It's not anything you can bank on anymore. Yeah, unfortunate. We'll move on here to the game previews. Before we do, a reminder, we're going to talk about all the injuries that are going on around the NFL. And man, there are some big ones in these matchups. So we will talk about them as the games unfold. For example, Josh Jacobs when we get to the, the Raiders. Dak Prescott when we get to the Cowboys, etc., etc. All right, Okada, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. First game of the week, and just a reminder for everyone, there are three games on Saturday, three uh, matchups that we are going to discuss today. But reminder, get those players out of your flex if you are starting a Houston Texan, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Buffalo Bill, New England Patriot, LA Ram, or a San Francisco 49er. Uh, Put those guys in your wide receiver running back positions. That way you have more flexibility come Sunday for injuries. Okada, we're going to start with Houston, Tampa Bay. Let's start on the Tampa Bay side of the ball because I think this is really where, you know, we got to break it down. I think Houston's relatively easy. So l- let's go to Tampa Bay. 
Jameis Winston, man, you were on him last week. You were, I think you ranked him as like your your third quarterback. Number uh, three. Really aggressively, which was a great call. He put up, what, 458 yards through the air. Absolutely balling. But now we have no Mike Evans. Now we have no Chris Godwin. And now we have no Scotty Miller, all with hamstring injuries. It's Brashad Perryman. It's OJ Howard. Um, and Justin Watson. I mean, the real question we need to ask ourselves is, can you still trust Jameis without his two uh, stud wide receivers? You can. Uh, in my humble opinion. Listen. A humble opinion. Yes. I was on Jameis even without the guy, the, the, you know, his elite duo because it was the Lions defense. The Texans defense is also not good against the pass. They are very prone to let up fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, apparently, Brashad Perryman is more than capable of catching footballs now. Former first-round pick, complete bust for his entire career. Um, listen, I don't know who he's going to get it to. It's probably going to be some Brashad. I hope it's some Justin. Um, but he's going to get it to someone. This guy throws yards. He, I don't think there is a more guaranteed lock to pat to break Drew Brees' passing yards record one day, while simultaneously breaking the interceptions record, than Jameis Winston. <laughs> this guy is insane. He is the first player in NFL history to throw back-to-back games of 450 plus yards, which he has just done. It is wild. He will do it again. Maybe not 450, but will be productive. And I am willing to roll him out there. Yeah, and the nice thing about this matchup too, you know, even without his stud receivers, is that you would expect Houston to be able to move the ball through the air against Tampa. Obviously their secondary is non-existent. Uh, you can throw on them all day. And so that sets up well for, you know, a, a comeback here with both quarterbacks being very nice options this week. Let's break it down with the wide receivers here. Obviously I think Brashad Perryman is the preferred play. Where does he fall in your ranks? Uh, he'll be a mid range to potentially high end wide receiver three, not probably quite cracked the wide receiver two territory, but He'll be close to there when all said. I've got him at wide receiver 16. Woo-hoo-hoo! And you that believe! sounds disgusting when that, when that comes it out of my really mouth. It really does. I mean, this is Tim Hightower, but at the wide receiver position, right? Like, comes uh, out of nowhere, obviously has been labeled a bust. But, man, if Jameis is going to throw the ball the way we think he will, the way the secondary is so porous, I mean, someone has to catch the ball and someone has to put up those yards. I think you can trust Brashad Perryman this week. I will play him in a couple of spots where I got him off of waivers. And if somehow he's out there, stop what you're doing. Go pick him up. Uh, I think he is very startable this week. Uh, OJ Howard, I was on last week. I told you I was playing him in a couple spots. He he was okay. You know, he, he had the targets were there. His air yards are there. So I'm going back to those metrics and trusting him. His snap counts are also encouraging. 83, 87, 88% over the past three weeks. His targets are 6, 5, and 8 is OJ a tight end one for you this week? Yes, he will be, uh, I think, technically up slightly above the polished tier when all is said and done, but the very <laughs> bottom of whatever tier is right above that tier. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's he's finally getting the targets. He's making some catches. We need to see him break some big plays and score a touchdown, which we know he's very good at, elite at, actually, and haven't quite seen yet. But it's there to, you know, it's in his capability. So I think we yep. might see it. For sure. Uh, as far as the running backs here, man, I mean, it's a strong matchup when you look at the Texans, but I, there is no way I'm ever trusting Ronald Jones 
in my lineup this week. Any disagreement from you at all? No. And then, you know, just just side note real quick. They split the touches last week. So even if you feel like uh, this is a good spot, they're not going to just be given – one of these guys is not just going to be given the full workload unless one of them misses a, a third down blitz pickup. Of course, we've seen <laughs> Rojo in the doghouse for that. So I'm staying away from both running backs. It sounds like you are as well. On yep. the Texan side of the ball, Deshaun Watson uh, is ranked as my quarterback two on the week, only behind Lamar Jackson. Where does he fall for you? That sounds about right for me as well. Yeah, strong matchup for Deshaun. We talked about the the air attack for both guys. Let's talk about the pass catchers. Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is in a very strong spot this week. He led the team last week in air yards, saw seven targets, saw him come back from a hamstring issue that's been plaguing him all season. Man, this is so off-brand for me. I want to play a Will Fuller in this matchup. I am usually not a Will Fuller guy. I've been telling you about his injuries for what feels like years at this point. But, man, this secondary is so bad. I want (laughs) to play all the pass catchers here. And the other thing is the Stills touchdowns last week were fluky. Uh, He had two on three targets. I don't think that happens again. If those touchdowns go elsewhere to DeAndre Hopkins, to Will Fuller, you're going to be very happy. Are you on Will Fuller this week or are you off of Will Fuller? Let me ask you this question, Betts. How many weeks has it been since Will Fuller had a hamstring injury? Because the original one? If it's been more than like four, he's probably going to have one in this game. Uh, <laughs> because that's how Not Fuller wrong. works. No. Uh, but kind of. I will definitely be willing to roll him out there. I also will be willing to, to, to willing to roll. That's hard to say. Uh, get Kenny Stills <laughs> in my lineup. Um, I agree that, yeah, I mean, the targets aren't there to make me super confident, but this team is so bad against the pass that one target might be enough for Kenny Stills to have a decent fantasy day. So, I mean, it's probably like a Hopkins is wide receiver one, Fuller is a back end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, and then Stills is a low end wide receiver three, but could get into a flex what kind of thing. They sort of span the whole realm, but I'm willing to potentially have all of them in the lineup. It's actually interesting you bring that up. I'm just looking at the logs, the game logs for other uh, slot wide receivers. I mean, Tyler Lockett, 13 for 152 and 2. Cooper Cup, 9 for 121 and 1. Danny freaking Amendola, 8 for 102. Uh, you might be actually talking me into to Stills this week, especially in DFS. Yeah, yeah. Zach Pascal, 574 and 1. Larry mm. Fitzgerald, 8 for 71. You know what? Screw it. We're playing Kenny Stills. Let's go! Uh, <laughs> the slot can, can definitely. Uh, perform well in this offense, obviously, as well uh, in this matchup. So love that. For the the running backs, Duke Johnson is not getting any work. Uh, it's tough to trust. And then Carlos Hyde, man, we know what he is. Not getting any targets, not getting any receptions. I want no part of him against this secondary, giving up 3.12 yards per carry. No thank you. Yeah. Uh, Hyde has almost gotten to the point where I'm willing to roll him out every week. This is not one of those weeks. This is nope. arguably the worst matchup in the league for running backs. I will not be starting a mildly okay guy <laughs> against this defense. No thank you. Mildly okay. Very kind of you. Very nice yes. compliment. I feel like that's really <laughs> the best word for Carlos Hyde. Yeah, no no joke. Uh, anything else in this matchup, or can we move on to Buffalo and New England? Let's do it. All righty. We have your New England Patriots at home taking on the Buffalo Bills. Man, this is a... A solid matchup. Like again, we talked about it with Sunday Night Football last week. Not a lot of points are going to be scored, but this is going to be a good football game to watch. 
obviously those two are duking it out for first place in the AFC East. So big time playoff implications. Now, one quick note, and Okada, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this a game that matters for the Ravens as far as seeding? I have in my notes, if the Bills beat the Patriots, the Ravens would clinch a first round bye. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so this is a situation to monitor. And the, and the Ravens win. Yes, exactly. So this is a situation to monitor here for moving forward. If you're in a Week 17 matchup, uh, you may not be having your stud uh, Ravens next week. So for this matchup, Bills at Patriots, a riveting over-under of 37.5. Vegas is not expecting a lot of points. I think it's going to be gritty. I think it's going to be low-scoring just like it was in the first matchup uh, in the earlier part, part of the year. On the Bills side of the ball, Dude, we can keep this short, man. I don't want to start John Brown. You already talked about it. He's going up against Stephon Gilmore. Josh Allen, I think, is okay. I mean, he's he is what he is. He provides value with the rushing attack. But in Week 16, there is no upside to me in this matchup on the road in Foxborough. And in his two games against Bill Belichick's defense, he has a 47% completion percentage, 5.4 yards per attempt, and a 1-5 to five Touchdown to interception ratio. No thanks. Any disagreement from you? No, he was a trash in his first game against the Patriots. Uh, listen, we can talk about how bad the Patriots look overall right now. And by we, I mean everyone else because I'm not going to partake. But there you are, are three quarterbacks. I'm going to make you say the words the Patriots do not look good right now. Never. The three <laughs> quarterbacks have beaten the Patriots, Bets. Do you remember who they all are? No. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. In other words, Those guys are good. the three the, yeah, they're decent. <laughs> they're arguably the three best quarterbacks in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. They are the only ones who have managed to beat this team because they are the only ones who can put together a, a passing attack of any value against this defense. Josh Allen is not that. He is not going to be able to put together a passing attack against this team that can sustain them. So unless you know they start off with a 14 and nothing lead, the Bills that is, I think they're going to be in trouble. I think Josh Allen's going to be bad. Multiple turnovers. I don't want. I don't really want to start Devin Singletary. He's an. I mean, he'll probably get into a lineup of mine. But he's going to be ranked lower. Everyone on this team is going to be ranked a little lower. And certainly, Allen and the pass catchers are going to be off my radar. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that for the most part. I, you know, it's just no upside. Like, there's no points that are going to be scored. I think the defenses are both in play here on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Singletary's okay. You said he's been getting the volume. And yeah, def definitely he has. I think that's bankable for back-end RB2 numbers slash flex. So yes, he'll be in my, my lineup for sure. But definitely tempering expectations. On the Patriots side of the ball... I gave my concerns about Julian Edelman. Um, what are your thoughts on Edelman this week? Oh, I will roll him out there in certainly in PPR leagues. I don't know. Maybe you have the numbers bet, so I haven't looked into like the PFF stuff on it. But I don't know if Tredavious White would move to cover Edelman in the slot if they put him there. And I imagine they will put Edelman wherever they can to get him away from Tredavious White. Um, because they know he's their only viable option. But having said that, teams are doubling Julian Edelman these days. It's gotten to that point, which is hysterical and sad. Um, so yeah, I don't feel great about him either. And without him, I don't feel great about anyone else. So I might have less interest in starting Patriots fantasy uh, offensive players than Bills ones. 
James White could maybe get into a PPR lineup as a flex, but other than that, it's really rough. Yeah, and just to answer your question there, Trey Davis White will not be shadowing Edelman, at least the vast majority of the time when he is in the slot. Uh, PFF has his matchup with Teron Johnson, uh, which is a pretty neutral matchup for Edelman. But yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, there's just no upside with with this offense the way they're playing. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of chemistry with the wide receivers. It, you know, it's, it's Edelman, and, and we know what the, the rest of the, the team is. Um, quite frankly, Mo Sanu has not been good when he's been with the Patriots. No production for fantasy at all. Yeah, man, I mean, you can't trust Tom Brady in fantasy. Of course, obviously, he's great at what he does. But at this point, yeah, this is a game I'm staying away from outside of the defenses. Devin Singletary and maybe Edelman, depending on your options. Um, yeah, that's just what it is what it is. And also, I'll tell you what, Bess. I will start Nikhil Harry in a touchdown-only league. Can I do that? <laughs> Unless the refs tell him that he stepped out of bounds. True. Um, also, I think the Bills win this game. Moving Whoa! on. Whoa! <laughs> I genuinely think that happens. Uh, Needless I'm to be say, excited. I do not. But I'm going to be excited to text you on Sunday when that happens. Or on Saturday. Uh, next matchup here, last one on the Saturday slate. We have Rams at 49ers. Let's start on the Rams side of the ball. Jared Goff. The good news. Lol. The 49ers have been giving up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks in recent weeks. They've got a lot of injuries on their, their defensive side of the ball. Uh, however, the bad news is Richard Sherman is probably going to come back. And Jared Goff on the road is so much worse than at home. His yards per attempt dip all the way from 8.14 to 6.94. Man, last week was embarrassing for this Rams team. They got absolutely boat raced in Dallas. Uh, dude, like, what, what? Why is there no consistency in this offense? Like last year, it was just so easy. Cooper Cup every week, uh, Brandon Cooks every week, Jared Goff every week, Todd Gurley. Um, what is wrong with this Rams offense, Okada? Help us solve the mystery. Well, I will tell you because Sean McVay has said it himself, which is that he's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> because he said his words, uh, not ours. What? But of three weeks ago. After they had had a great game where Todd Gurley ran the ball all over the place and they had won, and he the reporter asked him, what happened? How come you guys are suddenly you know coming alive? And he said, well, I stopped being an idiot and started feeding the ball to Todd Gurley. And then yep. last week, they come out and play the Cowboys. Todd Gurley gets six carries in the first half, while Ezekiel Elliott gets 21, and they've yep. lost the game by halftime. It's like, yep. how can you be this smart and this dumb at the same time? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing it, and I don't know from week to week whether I can trust in his ability to figure it out and give the ball to Gurley or not. This week, it's a really tough one because, like you said, this defense has been incredible all year but has recently lost a lot of that uh, fire. I think a, more of that has to do with D Ford than even uh, the secondary because I think their ability to get after the quarterback from the defensive line is why they've been so good this year. And Ford, I think, is going to be out for a couple more games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So yep. that does help a little bit. If they can't get pressure on Goff, that makes a huge difference. But I probably still expect them to do so. I 100% do not know whether McVay will give the ball to Gurley, and I literally think that determines the offense. Because if Gurley can't get going, then no one is scared of the run game, and then everybody destroys the pass game, and this team loses. I'm going to give people confidence in Todd Gurley this week. I mean, right. we've seen – the thing with Sean McVay is we've seen just the overcorrection, right? Like when he messes up, 
with his workload with Gurley, they're like, oh, crap, let's give him 25 next week or, or whatever it is. So I think you can do that. I think you can start him. The other thing is, I'm not sure if how much of this game you watched. I ended up turning it off and just going to red zone in like the third quarter when the game was over. But he was still in at the end of the game. Todd Gurley was running for touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yep. And let's not forget what happened for friggin' six months this year. We talked about Todd Gurley's knee. We talked about workload management. Sean McVay, what are you doing? This like take him out of the game in the fourth quarter. You're not gonna win. You don't That's need the him. Thing. So it's not yeah, even about like, protecting his knee. It's just for no. like some other unexplained reason. Yes, exactly. So I mean, you love to see it for fantasy. The dude's in there in the fourth quarter when the game doesn't matter. I just think that at this point, you know, they know like the, the chances for playoffs for them are minimal. They mathematically can still make it. So I think they'll play this game the way they need to. And I think they know Gurley is the key. So I think you can start Gurley. I've got him as a fringe one this week. And, you know, the numbers, too, can speak to that. I mean, he's averaging 19.6 touches over the last five games. And this defense, you know, it, like we said, is just banged up with injury. So I'm not afraid of Todd Gurley. My only concern is um, if they end up getting, you know, down early, the one game in the last month and a half we saw Gurley just be non-existent was against the Ravens when Lamar Jackson embarrassed them on Monday Night Football. So... That's within the realm of possibility. I'm sticking with Gurley in this matchup. For the wide receivers, Woods had been on fire, man. Robert Woods going nuts. But last week, four for 17. He was held without a catch when these two teams met in week six. Do people have confidence to play Robert Woods? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, Betts. Earlier, I talked about how by this time of year, we figured everything out. We know what the offenses are doing. We know what the defenses are. That does not apply to the Rams because I have no idea what they're doing. It changes every Neither week. Do they. The one thing I know is that Brandon Cooks is not good. Um, no. But yes, I will start Robert Woods and I will start Cooper Cup. I imagine that only one of them will really have a solid game. And I don't entirely know which one it is. But it, I think that these are guys that you're going to have to roll out there most likely. And can expect some decent production from. And hopefully one of them does have a really big game. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, I have them both ranked as starters as wide receiver twos, but I agree, man. I, like, I don't have a great sense as to who I would prefer in this matchup. Um, I, I think you have to start both because we know what they can do, and we've seen it at times. I mean, the first part of the season, it was Cooper Cup, then it was Robert Woods. Now it's Tyler Higby, who if Gerald Everett, Everett misses again, he did return to practice this week, but if he misses, Higby, I think, again, remains a top Six seven play at the tight end position. Uh, would you agree? Agree, yes. Alrighty. On the Niners side of the ball, um, let's talk about the question marks because George Kittle is obviously a start. However, the running back situation is a bit murky. Everyone was so excited to play uh, Raheem Mostert, or as you called him last year, uh, Raheem Mustard, and also been called Raheem Mostart. Uh, whatever it is, whatever your True. moniker is for him, people have been excited to play him. But we've seen chunk plays from Tevin Coleman. We've seen um, Matt Breda have some solid weeks. I mean, I, I don't know that I can really trust one guy. I know someone is going to have a very good game this week because the Rams are getting gashed. 6.27 yards per carry given up over the past two weeks to backs. That's the Rams' defense. So someone's going get to get a solid game here. Someone's going to be solid for fantasy. Okada, predict the future. Who is it? Mm. It's Raheem Mostert. Uh, I'm taking him for sure. Yes, Coleman has been able to get some big plays, but the carry count has been 100% in Mostert's favor, and he is easily as uh, capable of getting those big plays. 
Um, he's had a somewhat consistent run of pass catching as well. Not the huge volume necessarily, but a couple catches a game, and he turns those into big plays every once in a while. Has scored, hold on now, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns in his last four games, uh, counting rushing and receiving. Yeah, I'm rolling him out there, um, and I'm probably not rolling Tevin Coleman out there at all. I think nope. he has a chance at a big play, but I don't find it reliable with his carry count, so I'm taking Mostert. Debo Samuel, Manny Sanders, for me, they both fall into wide receiver three territory. I'm not really worried about matchup, but they've just been so uh, boomer bust lately. Like I, I don't know which one is going to you know, pop off. I don't know which one's going to bust. I'm trying to look elsewhere personally in this matchup. Uh, talk to me about Manny Sanders and Debo. How do they fall in your ranks? Uh, they're both around that wide receiver 2-3 fringe. Yes, you're going to start them, but you're going to put them probably in a flex. There are going to be other guys who you might swat start uh, over them. But I think, I think I would lean Debo in this matchup a little bit. Uh, it just feels like, from a matchup perspective, it's a little bit more in his favor. But his targets have not been as reliable over the past few weeks as they were over that midweek st- or that mid-season stretch where he was really killing it. So it's kind of a toss-up between the two, and I think both of them are kind of fringe uh, excitement guys. The tone in your voice says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> there's no excitement fringe excitement <laughs> they're not quite yes. there fringe excitement it's almost there but not really yeah man i'm with you I- i'm not super high on these guys this week i want to dig a little bit more into the matchup before i kind of fully decide but it is worth noting uh manny sanders probably more likely to see jalen ramsey yeah which is okay man we're gonna move on to the sunday games here before we do friendly reminder to everyone out there be sure to check out our awesome sponsor of today's show that is trophy smack listen guys it's championship week. This is Ooh. the time to get your trophy. Shove it in your, your league mate's face. Let them know how awesome you are. And you can also look for the loser trophies and shove it in, in people's face. Buy them a, a trophy for being last place um, and let them know that they suck at fantasy football. You can head over to trophysmack.com. They've got everything you need, man. Customizable, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, free shipping on all orders. Um, and if that's not good enough, a free ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt using the code redshirts when you purchase. So head on over, check those guys out. They are awesome, and we are really excited to partner with them for obvious reasons. And it's also worth noting, Okada, you are playing for some Trophy Smack hardware this week in the Listener League. Uh, I believe it is you and who is, who's the other uh, member there? Uh, I am not sure, but they have a Patriots logo uh, on their sleeper account, so that's a good start. Oh, Warner. Patriots that's Warner. That's Warner. Other. Warner. Yes. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if you guys want to see what a ring looks like, you will be able to next week when oh, I flash that hardware on the live show, if we have a live show. We will. Um, uh, please hold. Oh. Oh, I think Betts has it so we can see what it looks like now. This is important. People need to see it. It's Drum freaking roll, awesome. Please. Drum roll. Um, also, let's just put this out there. I destroyed the best team in the league last week. Uh, ooh wee! That is that glittery. There we go. There's so it's much glitter, I can't even see it. But, there oh, yeah, I can see it. Oh, yeah, that's at least 100 <laughs> diamonds. At um, least, and they're all real. Yes, big facts. Uh, yeah, the he was 11-2, and two, the team that I played in the uh, conference championship game. Mm. 
and uh, probably should have won the championship, uh, most points in the league, and I whooped his butt, and now I'm playing for the ring. So, you know, that's how we, that's how we do it here. You're so cool. Uh, yeah. It will kill me if I have to mail that to you, so hopefully you lose. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> All righty, man, let's get over to our Sunday games here. We are going to start with the Baltimore uh, Ravens. I almost forgot what they were. <laughs> they used to the be the Ravens Colts, or they were Colts. Taking on, yes, take, the Baltimore Colts taking on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> let's start on the Baltimore side of the ball, man. Lamar Jackson, you start him. Mark mm. Ingram, you start him. Mm. Mark Andrews, you start him. The only question mark for me is Hollywood Brown. Uh, what's your temperature on Hollywood this week? Um, I would say it is what it usually is, which is lukewarm, because any given week he can be great or non-existent. Um, I'm gonna go with less than great this week. I think he. I think I don't think he's reliable enough. Has not had more than 45 yards in five straight games, and one of those games was negative two, uh, and one of them was one. So. He's a threat to score. You might get a score. He's a little bit more viable in non-PPR, I would say. But I do not feel comfortable rolling him out there in this game. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think you can grasp onto here when you talk about wanting to start him is his snap counts over the last three games. He's gone from 57 to 72 to 75. So that's encouraging, um, probably suggesting he's over that ankle issue that's plagued him for the, the vast majority of the year. But... Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's championship week. I want stability in my lineup unless you go up against someone that's playing a lot of Saturday players and you get down uh, by a wide margin. You need a guy that can go off for like 202. Obviously, Marquise Brown is that type of player. So we will see kind of how he does in this matchup. I'm honestly not too excited about him given the fact that I think the Ravens are going to absolutely embarrass the Browns this week. uh, And I think that they're going to revenge their... They're going to get revenge, I should say, from their loss this season. They, they're they one of the, the teams that beat them shockingly earlier in the year. The Browns did. Yep. And obviously, at this point, the Browns are completely dysfunctional. You've got Jarvis Landry and Freddie Kitchens on the sideline getting into it. OBJ, we know what he's going on with here with uh, his uncertainty with the team in the future. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, in this matchup, this is when Jarvis Landry absolutely went bananas earlier in the year. He went for like 163, I think it was receiving out of nowhere um but that was before the secondary was healthy that was before the team got uh their their full complement of health with marcus peters jimmy smith that was before the trade obviously marlon humphrey etc so i think jarvis landry's volume is good enough to make him a back-end wide receiver too odell beckham no thank you marcus peters and jimmy smith have combined for a 53 percent completion percentage um, any disagreements from you on those two options? Uh, I would say that I might be even a little cooler on Landry. I think he's probably just out of wide receiver two range for me. Um, but other than that, no. Odell is out of the picture for me. Uh, crazy thing to say, by the way. Underrated how crazy that is. But yeah, this team is a mess. Uh, the Ravens are allowing like 14 points a game since they got Marcus Peters. Um, I think that Brown score less than that. And nobody has a great fantasy day, so I'm off of everyone. Except you have to start Nick Chubb, obviously. Yes, Nick Chubb is a strong play. Cream Hunt, I think, is a flex type of player this week. I mean, he's been getting sure. a decent amount of targets. Of course, we like that in PPR formats. Uh, also, worth noting, he's been operating as the team's wide receiver three. I'm not sure if you've been noticing that when you watch the games, mm-hmm. but that is encouraging to see as well. Uh, and Baker Mayfield, no thank you. 
Got in my New face. pass. Big Ten pass. straight quarterbacks to face the Ravens have completed uh, a week with a finish in fantasy of quarterback 18 or worse. Goodbye. Uh, anything else in this matchup? Um, skeedly dee, deedly doo. No, I think that's it. Alrighty, let's move on. We are going to talk about Carolina taking on Indianapolis. And let's start on Carolina's side of the ball, man. They, the team just announced Will Greer is going to start. He is the rookie out of West Virginia. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Will Greer, he's you know a, a type of gunslinger, if you will, kind of running a, a Big 12 type of offense where you know they spread it out and he chucked the ball over the field. That's what he did in college. In the preseason, the dude was atrocious. 55% completion percentage, two touchdowns, four turnovers, seven sacks. I'm worried about DJ Moore. But Okada, I mean, it's it's week 16. You got here with DJ Moore. The dude has been on fire this season. He's got 80-plus yards or a touchdown in seven straight games. That consistency is huge. Are you still willing to start DJ Moore despite the Will Greer start here? Ooh, this is a really tough one. One of the toughest of the week. Um, Colts are below average at stopping wide receivers uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think that that helps a little bit in giving some confidence. I really wish it was Kyle Allen, which in itself is sad to say. Um, <laughs> Things we thought we would never say in 2019. Yes. Uh, ben Chodell, I wish it was Kyle Allen. Um, and start yeah, Rashad Perryman. Yes. You're going to have to roll DJ Moore out there, unfortunately, I think. But you're not going to feel great about it. I don't expect the kind of the uh, fringe wide receiver one massive yardage uh, type output we've been seeing from him. But he's going to be in the wide receiver two conversation, so you're going to start him. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I'm off of Curtis Samuel. The, just the uncertainty with Will Greer, I, I don't want any part of that. Uh, worth noting, Greg Olson is set to return from a concussion. You know, I think he could be fine. I think he'll be a, a back-end tight end one probably. But it's also worth noting the the team right now is in full-blown evaluation mode, right? Like We could still see Ian Thomas on a pretty healthy snap count this week if they're trying to see what Will Greer is. We're trying to see what Ian Thomas is for this offense. So yeah, Greg Olson's fine. I mean, what's the upside, right? Like it's not it's not great. Not much. Um nope. pretty uninspiring. And then of course you're starting Christian McCaffrey. Whoa. The, that seems like a hot take. Hot take. Yeah. On the opposite side of the ball here for the Colts, coming off of an absolutely embarrassing performance on Monday at football. Marlon Mack. Oh God, Marlon Mack. Um Return he played no, dude, no. Last no, last week was no, awful. No return of the Mac. I mean, if you want to hit the drop, I'm not opposed. I, I do love the song, and I also do like him this week. But last week, man. I had to return do Return of the Mac. Um, no, man, last week. He played like almost the exact same snaps as Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins got the touchdown late in the game. I mean... It sucks. Like, Marlon Mack in this matchup should be an absolute smash going up against the Carolina Panthers' league-worst defense. But do you have the confidence he'll get the touches to do it? I do. I'm going to put him out there. Listen, I don't feel... uh, Maybe you can help me with my confidence in his health. I don't feel super confident that he's 100%. But he's still still had double-digit touches in every game he's played this year. And he's played some really tough run defense. The last two weeks have been the Buccaneers and the Saints. Those are two of the best in the league. He's been awful in those games. Yes, admittedly. Um, But 
those are really his only two bad games all year. And this is as far away from those two defenses as you can get against the run. The Panthers are awful. I think that the Colts, if they want a chance at winning, which there's really no reason for them to do, uh, but if they want a chance, they need to ride Marlon Mack. And I think he gets 15-plus carries uh, and has himself a good fantasy day. So I'm I'm, uh, yeah, I'm confident. You know what? I'm confident. Let's do it. <laughs> you were not saying anything confidently. <laughs> I was trying to decide if I was like just underconfident or just feeling okay, but I decided I am confident. I am feeling right, very I like good it. about him. I'm rolling him out there. I actually am going to start him too. He's coming in right now for me as my running back. Let me pull it up. 13. Um, yep, so I'm definitely starting right. him for sure. I, I kind of talked about my disappointments in his performance last week, but this matchup is too juicy. We just saw a couple weeks ago uh, Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis both absolutely smash on the ground. So I think you can start him in this matchup. Jacoby Brissett has been inaccurate and has been not good, quite frankly, for fantasy and for the, the options there. However, T.Y. Hilton expected probably to play more snaps than he did on Monday night. And listen, man, when you hear these players tell you they're not on a pitch count or they're not on a snap count or they're a full 100%, look at the trends. I, I put this out before the game started. He played 37% of snaps the first time he came back from his calf strain. Then he aggravated it, and basically they almost shut him down for the year. And he came out and said, I'm, I'm going to play a full allotment of snaps. You have to be more in tune with what's happening with these players. There was zero shot that was going to happen. He played 52% of snaps. So, yeah, man, it's tough. I'm not starting T.Y. Hilton. I don't trust him in this matchup. I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know uh, what his target share is going to be, et cetera. So I'm off of Hilton. Um, any interest in Zach Pascal? Uh, very little. Uh, this is a decent pass defense. It is a quarterback that has fallen off after a great start. Um, and it is a game that I don't expect to be very exciting or high scoring. Um, he'll get some targets and he maybe is a low end flex, but I'd prefer to stay away. Yep. I definitely would agree on that. Uh, that was kind of a gross breakdown. Not a lot to talk about there. <laughs> uh, Anything Marlon else? Marlon Mack. We got to play a Marlon Mack drop, so that's know. that's always a good thing. Never bad. That's it. All right, we got four more to get to. We're gonna go to the New Orleans and Tennessee game. This one I am pretty excited about. Uh, congrats to Drew Brees, by the way. Now the big facts league, or not sorry, league leader, uh, all time leader in touchdown passes. Uh, an awesome feat. And let's just say this guy is incredible at crushing records on primetime games. So yes, <laughs> good for Drew Brees. There, obviously one of the best to ever do it. Um, I think he's very startable in this matchup. Obviously, you're starting Michael Thomas. The Titans' corners, man, you can beat them through the air. This is their weakness. So I think Drew Brees, despite going on the road, is going to have a pretty solid game here. And, and actually, the splits are pretty obvious right now. 17-3 to touchdown-to-interception ratio at home on the road. Um, he drops down to a 4-1 to ratio, and his yards per attempt drop all the way down to 6.4. So certainly that is something to talk about. I'm still confident in Breeze. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I think he'll be good. Um, I don't quite expect certainly what we saw last week um, or necessarily a monster game. Uh, I... It is more than likely that something about playing in primetime going for records just makes Drew play better because he was disgustingly good on Monday, set yeah. a new completion percentage record for a game while he was at it breaking the touchdown record. 
that I don't expect to see that here. I think it'll be a little bit more of an average performance from him. He's still probably going to be low in QB1 range, but uh, I don't expect it necessarily elite output. Yeah, I would agree. Um, also, side note, it's yes. ridiculous. If, if you're doing any uh, sports wagering out there, the over-under for Drew Brees' touchdown passes was two and a half. You almost never see that. So they saw it coming, and the odds were like minus 160, minus 170 uh, to go to three touchdown passes on Monday Night Football, which clearly uh, he did. Yes. In this matchup, Alvin Kamara, man, what can you say? Ooh. Hasn't found the end zone since week three. In your opinion, is he is he the biggest fantasy bust this year? Um, Completely devoid of injury relation? He probably is the bit. Well, he had a small span of injury too, so I don't even know if you can say that. But and he a is up injury, there, high ankle sprain. Yeah, and and he was not much worse than he's been uh, after that injury, before that injury. So I don't think you can really blame it on the injury. But yes, he's up there. David Johnson also definitely up there. Odell Beckham Jr. up there. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kamara has been a like. He, uh, the, the worst thing about Kamara is he's still great on the field. He's still playing well for the Saints. He still looks great. But for fantasy, he's just been non-existent. He's not had 100 rushing yards all year. He's only hit more than 50 rush uh, receiving yards twice, three times, but they were all in the first half of the year. And like you said, he hasn't scored since week three. So it is a hot mess with Alvin Kamara. Um, it, touchdown regression would say that he should score, which we've seen work for Julio Jones uh, in the last few weeks. Oh, did it ever. Yes, it did. But uh, this is rough. It's really hard to trust Alvin Kamara. You're going to start him, but it's maybe going to be as a flex instead of an RB1, which is crazy. Do you think he's, he falls that that low in your ranks? I mean, low-end RB2 maybe? He, no. He, he's not an RB1. No, but he's definitely top sixteen for me. Okay, right that's now a mid-range RB two. Yes, not he's not a flex. You're starting. I don't know, man. He's been doo doo. <laughs> I mean, he's the RB fourteen on the year. He hasn't been that bad. And I agree with you. For what but you're all expecting, of his best games came in the first half of the year, for sure. That's true. That's true. From what you're expecting from him, from his name, he definitely is not doing what he's supposed to do for your lineup. However. This Titans defense is giving up the third most running back receptions per game on the year. I think Alvin Kamara remains RB2 territory, obviously, temper expectations. You know what? Screw it. He finds the end zone this week. Alvin Kamara, let's go. It happened happened for Julio. It's going to happen for Alvin Kamara this week. Definitely Uh, higher PPR. Yeah. Latavius Murray, not enough volume to be relevant for fantasy. Jared Cook is still one of the best options as far as the uh, 8 to 12 range, maybe even top 6 range for tight end, so you're starting him. What about On the tight side of the ball, what's that? You said 8 to 12, maybe top 6. What about number 7? <laughs> <laughs> I meant 6 to 12. <laughs> you jerk! <laughs> oh, oh. oh man, it's been a long season, man. It's week 16. It really has. <laughs> Especially for Alvin Kamara and his lack of touchdowns. This is very true. On the Tennessee side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Ooh. Brown. I literally Ooh. have in my show notes, A.J. Brown heart uh, emoji. Yes. yes. Man, these guys are on fire. Quarterback four for Ryan Tannehill from weeks 12 to 15. Do you stay in the flames with Tannehill here in this matchup? Can can people keep starting him if they have been for the past two to three weeks? Uh, 
112.8% yes. Uh, which, by the way, may be his passer rating. I just completely threw that out there for no particular reason, but that's pretty close probably to his passer rating this year. I think it's actually 114. I'll say what it is is the second best in the league behind only Drew Brees. This is the two best yeah. pass ratings. Crazy. Uh, but yes, you, you, they're going to have opportunities to throw on the Saints defense. The Saints are going to you know, put up points in this game. I love both these guys. Um, I don't think... I think Ebo... AJ Brown is. Ooh, I'm trying to decide if I can say it. Say this. AJ Do Brown it. is wide receiver one. Ooh. Yeah, he's this wide week? receiver one until things change. I don't know what to tell you, man. He has been crazy good. 110 plus yards in three of his last four games. Four touchdowns in his last four games. He's out of control, and they're going to throw. And Ryan Tannehill looks amazing. I talked to a, a former college receiver who is now a researcher. Uh, at the NFL Network, who does a lot of the scouting stuff. He goes to the Senior Bowl. He does a lot of our draft prep research. Do you want to drop a name or no? Uh, his name's Chris McNeil. What's up, McNeil? Okay. if you're listening. Uh, yeah, if you go to Wyoming uh, football tape, you can find Chris McNeil. I asked him, because I was just curious. I was feeling my A.J. Brown trade in Dynasty. I said, what do you think is the the ceiling for A.J. Brown in this league? He said, top three wide receiver in the league. Ooh, baby. Yeah, and I think that's heart just 100% viable. So yeah. you're not sitting either of these guys ever. Okay, asking for a friend. Yes. Full PPR. AJ this Brown. analyst slash uh, player is very smart, so he has a very good roster. Oh. We have Tyler Lockett, Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, AJ mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. And who's the fourth one? Let me pull up my roster real quick. So far is AJ Brown. Oh, and I picked up, I picked up Rashad Perryman. That's A.J. Brown. You, pl- you playing them all, all over all those guys? Get Keenan Allen out of my face. It's A.J. Brown. Oh, man. That is that is hot. Uh, I like the confidence, though. I mean, how can you sit him? The, what they're doing is so consistent. And the, the knock on A.J. Brown has been lack of volume, which is is relevant. It's, it's real. But he has 32% of the market share from Ryan Tannehill from weeks 14 to 15. It is coming. He's going to continue to elevate his game. Um, the only question I have for you, Okada, are you worried about Marshawn Lattimore's shadow coverage? I am not because I think A.J. Brown's good enough to beat him. You're bringing it tonight. I love it. Let's go! (laughs) Full confidence from Okada. Uh, I certainly think that can negatively affect his performance. However, he's not, it's not negatively affected to the point that I'm not going to start him. So, um, it's relatively a mute point when you talk about that guy in your lineup. Start him for sure. Yep. Derrick Henry. Now, if you listen to the the recap pods on Monday that I release that are injury-focused, you have heard me say the phrase, Derrick Henry is a ticking time bomb. I hope it doesn't go off in this matchup, man. I am continually getting more nervous about Derrick Henry's hamstring, but like you cannot sit him. He's been just getting so much volume. He's been really effective on the ground. But when I see him go in and out of the game in pain, when I see him with a, a hot, I'm sorry, an ice pack on his hamstring on the sideline, he is not a hundred percent. Like it's going to happen eventually. I just hope it's not this week in like the friggin' second quarter and you need him to win you the week. So that's in the realm of possibility. I think you're still starting him. Um, anything to add there, Okada on that. No, I will say this really feels dangerous, this game, for some reason to me. Maybe it's some of that injury concern. Maybe it's the Saints' good defense or the fact that they may get up early, although the Titans are a great team and have a chance to compete. 
But uh, this is one. Of, this feels so concerning to me for Derrick Henry. I feel like he could suddenly lose you your championship. But there's simply no way you can sit him because he got you to your championship. So it's a catch twenty two, and it's awful, yeah. and I'm scared. But yeah, you're rolling him out there. Yep, agreed. Okay, man, let's move on to the next matchup here. We're talking Raiders and Chargers, two teams that are absolutely reeling at this point, uh, obviously both out of playoff contention. Um, Josh Jacobs is the talking point here. He has already been ruled out in this matchup. The team is shutting him down because of his lingering shoulder issues with the AC joint and the fracture. Obviously, that means uh, DeAndre Washington is going to be the starting running back here for this offense. Any interest in Washington, it's it's a really solid, you know, like easy decision because he's going to get 20 touches. He's going to be putting up RB2 numbers, but are you excited about any upside here with him? Um, There's a little bit of upside. Uh, I think that the Raiders might have a chip on their shoulder after losing their last game in Oakland, and they may come out here and win this game, and the Chargers' run defense is not very good. DeAndre Washington... Uh, well, disappeared last week, but before that, he had two straight weeks of 40-plus receiving yards, so that's really encouraging as well. You know he can get involved in the receiving game. I feel like I, I'm okay rolling him out there. He'll be in the low-end RB2 range for me. Yeah, and as our, our good friend of the show, Kevin Steele, says in the leech, or in the uh, the chat here, DeAndre Washington, free square week. That is correct. Mm. If you're playing any DFS, going to be super cheap uh, on there. And also, shout-out to, to TFA. Go follow those guys. Uh, our good friends as well, the Fantasy Authority. Check them out. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, for for Oakland, Darren Waller, obviously a start. Derek Carr has no upside whatsoever. And Tyra Williams, to me, is just, uh, dude, it's so fluky. Like, you don't know when it's going to come, uh, yep. and he's still being plagued by that foot pain. So I am off of Tyrell. Anything else to add on to the Oakland side of the ball? Oh, nine. Okay. For the Chargers, you said, get Keenan Allen out of my face. Those were <laughs> words that you said, not me. Uh, are you nervous about Keenan Allen, or you just love A.J. Brown that much? I am not at all nervous about Keenan Allen. Okay. He will probably also <laughs> be a wide receiver one for me when all is said and done. Uh, and in any other context, I would not want him out of my face. He is hap- uh, I'm happy to have him in my face. But, <laughs> yeah, you're rolling him out there. I hope we can just edit that out and just somehow put that into a marketing thing. I hope he is in my face. Keenan Allen, get in my face. Yes. Um, yes. Obviously, you're starting Keenan. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, I think, are, are warranted starts, obviously, with what they can do. Mike Williams. This makes me so happy. This makes me so glad to see him catching touchdowns, to absolutely going up and being one of the best jump ball receivers in the league. He is officially heating up, Okada. Can we stick with Mike Williams in this matchup against the Raiders' poorest secondary? Yes, the matchup really does make it doable. Um, listen, there's two things that can happen, Bets, when you target Mike Williams for Phillip Rivers. One, it will be a 50-yard catch and likely a touchdown. Two, it will be an interception. Because it seems like that what happens every single time that he throws it deep to Mike Williams. But Phillip Rivers' interceptions don't affect Mike Williams' fantasy numbers. So I'm fine with nope. that. Don't start Phillip Rivers. Do start Mike Williams. Yes, Climbs all the way to my wide receiver, 23 this week. I am excited about Mike Williams. Um, I think we're finally seeing him come into his own in the second half of the season here. And obviously, with the Raiders matchup, you are not worried. Uh, Hunter Henry, of course, a tight end win. One, as usual, you start him if you have him. Anything else here for the Chargers? Um, I don't think so. That covers it. 
Alrighty, man. Can we let's do Cardinal Seahawks next? Let's save Dallas Philly for the end. Does that sound good? Down sounds lovely. All right. For the Arizona side of the ball, taking on Seattle, they are going on the road. I am nervous about this offense for the Cardinals, mostly because of the fact that I think Russell Wilson is going to absolutely embarrass them at home. Um, I mean, what can you say? Russell Wilson has the best matchup on the week. He is taking on a defense that is giving up the most touchdown passes, the highest passer rating, and the highest completion percentage on the season. Russ is going to eat. Tyler Lockett is going to eat. DK Metcalf is in a solid spot here. Um, And then, of course, Chris Carson is a must-start every single week, especially against this defense in Arizona. Anything else that you want to add onto this side of the ball? I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious for the Seahawks. Maybe you can talk about uh, the Lockett versus Metcalf situation. Any of those guys you prefer? Um, well, Lockett reestablished himself, which was nice. Gives us a little bit more confidence going into this week. I have zero qualms starting either of those guys against this defense. I would probably bank on 80 yards and a touchdown for both of them. That's how bad they are. Um, so throw them both in your lineup, even if you have them both in one lineup. That's perfectly fine with me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a smash for everywhere. For sure. Love it. On the Cardinals side of the ball, there is one benefit for the Cardinals, and that is uh, free safety. Quandre Diggs for the Seahawks is going to be out with an ankle injury, so he will miss this game. That helps Kyler. That helps Christian Kirk. Um, Let's talk about your boy Kyler. Of course, it was a down few weeks there for a while, but we saw him reestablish himself on the ground. 56 yards rushing last week. Now he takes on a Seattle defense that really can't get after the quarterback and is allowing the NFL's sixth most quarterback rushing yards per game. Are you on Kyler this week? Yes. I'm going to roll him out there. Um, They had a bad game in the first game against the Seahawks, only scored 10 points, and Kyler still had 240 yards, uh, scored a touchdown on the ground, did not score one through the air. But I kind of feel like the Seahawks defense, pass defense has gotten a little weaker since then. Uh, You just mentioned Diggs. So I'm willing to roll him out there. He's going to be probably a high-end QB2 more than a low-end QB1. But with that rushing floor, I'm willing to start him. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. Kenyon Drake, holy crap! <laughs> uh, did what not do you see mean? that coming last week. Four touchdowns and completely obliterating any chance of David Johnson having any relevance for the rest of the year. Uh, Chase Edmonds didn't see a single touch. I think you have to stay with Kenyon Drake, right? I mean, we we've seen the upside now. The matchup, like I said, I'm a little worried about them getting overwhelmed on the road with the 12s there in Seattle, but. I mean, he's getting all of the work, and the offense, the way they run, are almost matchup-proof, right? I mean, they spread everyone out. The rushing lanes are huge. Um, I think you can start Kenyon Drake. Uh, Any disagreement from you there? Let's say he's in the range of 15 to 20 at the running back position. Would you uh, fight me at all on that? I would not fight you. In fact, I might even be willing to put him a hair or two above 15. Um, Yeah, besides the fact that he had a incredible game last week what in the heck was that yeah. uh he is very capable in the receiving game and has had well let, let's just do a quick count shall we best one two three four five six seven seven games of 25 plus receiving yards uh this season so he is 100 capable if they do get behind like you mentioned of still being involved because he can do that in the passing game so uh yeah i'm very happy to start kenyon I like it. 
Uh, Christian Kirk, I think, is solid in this matchup. I mean, he, we're seeing volume for him. We're seeing targets, which is great. I mentioned at the top of this uh, this game breakdown, no Quandre Diggs. That's an upgrade. Um, and Seattle, man, they just cannot rush the passer. So for me, Christian Kirk will probably fall as a wide receiver three in my ranks. I've got him as of now at wide receiver 28. Larry Fitz, any interest from you? No. Sorry, Larry. Sorry, Larry. You've been good to us over the years. Love but you. Yeah, it's time. Um, okay. The matchup of the week. One that will have me sweating, one that will have mm. me yelling, one that mm. could have me cursing. We will see what happens, man. We've got the Eagles and the Cowboys fighting off uh, mano y mano in Philly for the division lead. We've got to start with Dak Prescott, man. He's he's the talking point this week. He is dealing with a shoulder injury from last week. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see it. I posted the video of when it happened um, and, and the play it happened. He had Clay Matthews essentially fall on his shoulder when he's rushing the ball on the sideline. And from there, his elbow falls on the ground. It kind of gets jammed upwards. And essentially, that can cause an AC joint injury. It can also bruise the rotator cuff because of the location of where that is. And that is a big-time issue. I mean, we're only, you know, what are we now, like four days away uh, from the game. And, you know, you're looking at a guy that, I mean, they're, they're saying they're trying to just get him functional at this point. I have legitimate concerns that Dak Prescott sits in this matchup because it's not it's not just pain tolerance. If you have swelling, if you have uh, bruising in that rotator cuff, I mean, you lack power, you lack velocity, you lack the ability to take hits on the shoulder. So, yeah, man, it, this is real. Like, if you are starting Dak Prescott, you need to have a backup plan in place in this matchup. The tough part is it's a 425 Eastern kickoff. So definitely be on the lookout for this. Look for more information. Look for my injury article on Saturday morning for this game. But, man, I, I'm nervous. Um, let's say, hypothetically speaking, he doesn't play. I, I think he probably will because of how tough this guy is, because of how much this game means. But, I mean, obviously this is a bit of a downgrade for Amari uh, and for Michael Gallup. Do you agree? I do. I do also believe that he will play. I, I think there's very little chance that he doesn't, considering the stakes. Um, if he doesn't play, they're basically giving up their playoff shot pretty much um, Dak, you know what rest that shoulder buddy get, <laughs> get right take the week off yeah Please. whatever they have to do to get him playing pain meds i don't know but i think he'll be out there uh, but yeah. yes it could have an effect on the receivers uh we've seen amari cooper disappear willy-nilly uh on the road has been one of them having said that uh a ghost that has no hands and therefore cannot technically physically catch footballs could score fantasy points against the Eagles secondary. So You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I balance out Dak's injury with this defense and say that uh, Cooper and Gallup are still okay to roll out. There's solid and, and above of uh, average probably. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, they'll, they'll both be out there. Yep. Agreed. Of course, you're starting Zeke. He always dominates uh, against the Eagles. He's going to have a solid game no matter what. For my Eagles, man, Greg Ward. I mean, that's that's the wide receiver core. <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson spoke today, said there's no updates on uh, Jordan Howard. There's no updates on Nelson Aguilar, meaning they're not progressing as expected. I would not be shocked to see them sit again this week. So we know what we're going to get. It's going to be Zach Ertz. Uh, it's going to be Miles Sanders and Carson Wentz uh, running for his life out there. So talk to me about your confidence in those two guys. Let's start with Miles Sanders, and then let's move over to Zach Ertz. 
Uh, pretty high, actually. And uh, it, I feel like it's being underrated. It's an underrated storyline, Bets. How good Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders have been and how that has literally kept the Eagles alive in this playoff hunt uh, yes. on their own. Because almost any other team losing every single wide receiver on their roster would disintegrate. Yeah. And they're out here with one of the best tight ends in the league and what looks like one of the best uh, overall pass catching and running running backs right now. He is being very productive in both aspects of the game. I'm confident in rolling the both out there. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. No, I, I like that call a lot. Um, I was listening to uh, the Lefko show uh, this morning. I'm not sure if you listened to that. Uh, on Mondays, Adam Lefko of Bleacher Report sits down with uh, Brian... Uh, Westbrook and they talk Eagles all the time so that's why I tune in Brian Westbrook said he can be one of the best backs in the league that's how good he thinks this guy is and yes I agree you're seeing it on the field um, he's doing a lot of exciting things and certainly you know he is going to be a, a big talking point in dynasty moving forward Okada hit me uh, I will say this bets you know just a little shout out to the pod we talked in the offseason about how we both loved Miles Sanders as a talent and that what we expected to happen was that he would have to fight for this job and probably not get it out the gate because Doug Peterson and he'd have to earn it and there would be a lot of Jordan Howard. And that's exactly what we've seen. Now, we've gotten helped out by the fact that Jordan Howard is injured, but right. we are seeing his talent now. I think he probably holds this job, and it's really good to see him playing so well. Yeah, definitely agree on that. One of the more exciting prospects and and rookies here for us in fantasy uh, i'm really excited to see what he does moving forward but for this week we need you miles we need you i need you the city of philadelphia needs you let's go eagles uh and then of course you're starting zach Ertz. go ahead O'Connor. oh yeah uh and uh, i will say for the record despite the fact that bets uh rudely stomped upon my patriots earlier i'm taking the eagles in this game are you really yes i am no way baby i love it let's go um, fly. I'm going to be so nervous on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> texting friends and family and certainly sweating it out. Uh, we will see. Hopefully this is an early Christmas present for yours truly. Um, okay, man, that does it. We ran through nine games on the slate. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to do that right now, actually, after we uh, stop this recording. We're going to go record that on our Patreon uh, channel. If you want access to that, we're going to go over to patreon.com slash pod. A few bucks a month, you get extra podcasts. You get uh, access to Okada and myself anytime you want in the Slack channel. We're talking fantasy football 24-7. And there's talks right now of a dynasty league from Red Shirts, mm. Patreon supporters, uh, starting up. So if you want access to that with some really good people, good friends of the show, check that out. Uh, definitely a good value in my opinion. And also, Okada, we're going to be doing a lot of off-season stuff that is uh, geared toward you know lots of research and et cetera. Uh, so that will be on Patreon as well. So good value. Check that out. Okada, it's week 16. Give the people one more vote of confidence here. Uh, tell them why they're going to win and tell them why they should check out Patreon. Well, the reason they're going to win is because they're listening to this podcast, Bets. Let's be honest. Um, Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am sure that uh, all of you listeners uh, and your incredible talents are equally uh, to be credited with getting to the championship if you're here. So huzzah for getting here. Hooray for you. Uh, I am in it in the Listener League and in one other league, so that's good. Are you in any championships bets? Oh, yes. I'm in three. Oh, well, then. Look at that. Five I listen, the two of us. I listen to this least, podcast. At least 50 <laughs> between the listeners, I'm sure. 
Um, so yeah, uh, listen to this pod, which you now have done if you've made it this far. So that's step one. Uh, if you're not in the Patreon already, get in there. Because Betts has hit on a number of the cool things going on in there. There is tons of great conversation, uh, easy access to questions with us, uh, and it's just an all-around sweet place to be. Sure is. In there. All right, man. Uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. Okada is at Matt Okada. I am at the Fantasy PT. Good luck this week. Come check us out on Patreon. Until next time, we are the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.